Well, hey everyone, welcome to Pray, Send, Go in a Pandemic, Conversations with Ministry Voices. We are really excited about this new podcast with Bethel. So I'm gonna welcome uh, the two guys I have with us today. We have Ty and Abraham. And I would love to hear from each of you guys. So thank you for joining us for one of, how does it feel, Ty, to be one of our guinea pigs doing <laughs> one of our first episodes here? Well, uh, as I told you before, uh, in Ecuador, we used to eat guinea pigs. And so it's not always safe to be a guinea pig. But, uh, you know, I'm glad to be one. And I'm glad to uh, be able to engage with the church and and hopefully encourage them. And, and I'm also glad to meet Abraham, somebody we've never met. Uh, together in person, but I'm excited to learn more about what he's doing too. I mean, I think there's a great benefit in this for us folks who are serving overseas in various parts of the world to connect with each other. And so, yeah, isn't um, it uh, the the power and the gift of technology? Isn't it incredible? You know, we we were commenting earlier. Oh, I'm recording this early morning here in Indiana, and one of you guys, it's afternoon for you, and another guy, it's evening for you, and yet through uh, power of technology, we're able to, across time zones and continents, fellowship together and have a conversation. That's, that's pretty cool. Something we couldn't have done 20 years ago. That's right. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for uh, putting this together. Thanks for letting us connect. It's great. So, so tell us, Ty, a little bit uh, about your ministry. Well, we, we live in Europe. Um, that's why we're kind of in the middle on this conversation. Uh, and we, from here, we do outreach to any place on this planet where um, there are Muslim communities. Now, we don't reach all of those places, but any our ministry is focused on outreach to Muslim people. And so um, what we do is we facilitate media projects and we also do media projects with partners in um, many places throughout the Islamic world. So we have partners in North Africa, we have partners in the Middle East, we have partners in South Asia and Southeast Asia. And, uh, and we've got three or four different kinds of projects that we do, all media related. And we do that in collaboration with three other organizations. We have a, what's called a multi-stakeholder partnership. There are four organizations involved, ours being one of them, and I'm the representative for our organization. And so the four organizations work together to build and uh, complete and facilitate these projects and to build partnerships and to find new people that we can serve and to develop new strategies for outreach and, and just to um, take advantage of the benefits of collaborating in, in ministry and in mission. So that's what we do. Um, we're going to talk later about what it looks like doing that in uh, a pandemic. Um, certainly cramps your style when you're trying to build projects in a lot of different places and working with a lot of different people around the world. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. And there, you know, and I'd love to talk about the power of collaboration, like you said, yeah. so necessary in, in ministry in general, but especially in global ministry. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so Abraham, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and, and your ministry? I'm Abraham Thomas, and we have uh, a ministry in India, uh, Nepal, Myanmar, and Sri Lanka. We have three major projects. One is Bible College. At present, we are doing online classes. It's a fully accredited program. We have 108 students uh, learning online. 
and there's no way we can bring them to campus uh, for next one year, I believe. So we go ahead with the online classes, which is uh, going well. And um, then we have a child care in India. And uh, also we have a church plant in India, Nepal, Myanmar, and Sri Lanka. About 18 states in India and our graduates are reaching Muslims. For six of our graduates are reaching Muslims. We have about 13, 14 house churches established so far. About uh, nine, 10 uh, received believers baptism. And we, uh, our graduates have been teaching them to obey the great, uh, obey uh, in what baptism. But you know, at that time, this uh, lock up, uh, lockdown and everything came up and then they could not reach them. Now they started again meeting them, but uh, the places where they are uh, because of triple lockdown, uh, they cannot even visit them. So they are doing over the phone and hope things will get better. Then there are graduates reaching the unreached people, uh, people groups in North India. And even there uh, to go into some of those places, they have restrictions, but they are doing well. And we had several conversions and baptisms in India uh, in last two months. First two, three months, they could not do anything. But then, you know, they found ways and means to reach the people and they could even um, baptize them in some places, not everywhere. Nepal, the ministry is really growing and we have 29 church plants uh, by our, uh, our, our graduates are the coordinators, but in partnership with others, they have planted 29 uh, tiny churches and there are so many Hindus and Buddhists come to the Lord so far. That is really exciting. I would say the ministry in Nepal is growing faster than in India. And uh, these are all Buddhist and uh, Hindus. And then we have uh, one church plant in Myanmar, one of our graduates doing, and we praise the Lord for that. And uh, Sri Lanka, I went to Sri Lanka in uh, March, early March, when I came back, I was in quarantine for two weeks, then the lockdown and everything happened, but we started a small church plant there. There are about 25 new converts in that local church. And, but they are not able to meet now. Uh, they do online uh, worship and all that. So that's also an exciting ministry there. And uh, the pastor himself and family, they are from Buddhist background. And uh, all the people, converts are Buddhist. So we thank the Lord for that. Uh, hoping that ministry will continue to grow. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how exciting is to hear all that stuff. I mean, it, for any of our listeners, uh, if you don't get excited about people getting saved, Buddhists, Hindu, Muslims all over the world, uh, you, you might need to check the pulse a little bit uh, spiritually because that is that is unbelievable. Abraham, you know, I, I know your ministry involves theological education and church planning, and, and I want to talk about those in a second. And, and Ty, your ministry involves media ministry. I kind of want to hear why those strategies are so crucial. So Ty, maybe you can tell us about media ministry well um the key issues i think in um actually reaching people with the gospel are relationship 
and communication. You know, we have to know one another and we have to be able to share truth together in order to come to faith in Jesus and to follow him effectively. So, you know, God is a communicative and community God. It's, it's not just individuals and it's not um, coming out of the air without a source, the, the message. And so um, years and years ago, I mean, when, when mass media tools were developed in the early part of the 20th century, um, and people got vision to use those. Everybody's, everybody's tried to leverage technology as much as they can, um, communications technology and other kinds as well, uh, over the years to, to advance the gospel. But the reason that I'm involved in it is just because I've always loved um, music, actually, is what got me started in this. And um, and then I get, got interested because I was interested in music. I got interested in audio engineering. And because I was interested in audio engineering and God had planted that seed in me, I had an opportunity to become an audio engineer at a mission. And that was my first job. And I went from being an engineer in a steel mill to an audio engineer in a recording studio helping people record radio programs in Spanish. And that's been more than 20 years ago. And in those 20 years, technology has changed. Um, and we've lived on five different continents and six different countries doing media ministry and also community development type ministry with local partners. And what we're doing now, if we get into talking about it in any detail later, is all internet based. So the, the communication platform is the internet, the same platform we're using to have this conversation today being in three, on three different continents, looking each other in the eye in real time, talking to each other about the gospel and about mission. I mean, it's so amazing, you can't believe it. Why media? Because we have to leverage technology to communicate the gospel in as effective and intimate a way we can. And the beauty of mass media, which mass media is dead basically, but the beauty of the internet is because people are connected in networks through social media, when you start, when you plant a seed in one place, it can start moving to other places. And when you distribute content in one place, it can start moving to other places because people share things and people connect with things and people can connect with each other and talk about it. You know, so we want to amplify the conversation about Jesus. We want to engage small groups, large groups to people groups, unreached people groups, with the truth of the gospel in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that they understand it, in a way that's culturally relevant for them. It's effective. And as you're talking about pandemics, think about what the pandemic has done in helping the church in the developed world, like Bethel Church, to, to think, you know what? We actually have an opportunity here to not only connect with each other in, in person inside this building, but we have an opportunity to connect with each other virtually because we have to. But now you can connect not only with the people who come to your building, but also with other people in your community or maybe other people in another state or whatever, however your network happens to spread, but you've been forced to see the opportunity that the pandemic has cost us all. We knew it was there, but now we have to leverage it. Now we have to worship together online. Now we have to connect together online. 
Now we have to study online. Now we have to have small groups online, you know, and to still be community, even though we aren't able to be in the same room together. Yeah, we, we can use media because, because of the wide accessibility all over the globe. Uh, people are hearing the gospel who have never heard, entire people groups who have never heard the gospel before in, in regions where the gospel has been largely untouched. So it's, it's really awesome the last 20 years what God is doing. I mean, just absolutely incredible. So, and you know, you, you went from the steel mills to an audio engineer in global missions. And we have a lot of listeners who work in the steel mills. So folks, who knows where God and what God may be calling you to. So that's, that's pretty. Absolutely. But Abraham, tell us about why, why theological training with some of your students, as well as why church planting, why international church planting? Why are those two strategies so crucial in the kingdom of God? Uh, we live in, uh, in an age where there is a lot of uh, heresy going on and uh, people compromise and they do not uh, preach the gospel, uh, pure gospel. So we have to train these young people, um, teach them the word of God, train them, equip them for ministry so that uh, they will preach the gospel and plant churches. When a person is open to the gospel, it is the responsibility of the church to disciple. So church planting is a process of discipling new converts and helping them to grow in the Lord so that they will be well equipped and they can equip others. So the church planting is also important like preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel, planting churches. These are like two sides of a coin. It should go hand in hand. So when we started the ministry in 93, we have decided um, preaching the gospel, planting churches and engaging in compassion ministries. These would be the three aspects of our ministry. Then why did we start the church plant in neighborhood countries? Because there is a need for gospel presentation in the neighborhood um, around India, because Nepal is the only Hindu nation on the globe. Majority are Hindus and Muslims. So we had some graduates come from there. I mean, uh, some students come and get their training when they went back. So we went with them and we said, okay, we have, if you are going to do ministry, we are going to support you and uh, stand with you and uh, let's do it. So there, there were, they, they were more than willing to do it. They wanted to do it. That was their passion. That's why they came to Bible college. And uh, when they started, we started helping them, visiting them. And the churches began to form and uh, small groups and God began to bless. People came to the Lord and got baptized and so on. So in Myanmar, uh, we had graduate so I visited Myanmar about three years ago and met with our graduates in several uh, locations. And there was a young man, he wanted to do church planting with Agape Royal Ministries. And uh, we said, okay, go ahead. And so he started a new church and they're constructing a building. Then I have been praying and we have been praying about starting church planting in Bangladesh, but we could not do it so far. But in Sri Lanka, that has been in our heart and in our prayer. So in March, 
I was able to go visit and meet with this family. And it is our, uh, our goal to plant churches, not only in India, all around in the neighborhood, so that where the gospel is not preached much, Christ is not presented much, they can hear the gospel. Unreached people groups can be reached. So we train young people to do the work of the ministry. Otherwise, what happens is most of the colleges, they compromise on the biblical truths and the gospel and a lot of uh, prosperity gospel preaching is going on in India. And anywhere you go, it's all about charismatic and uh, a full, uh, the feeling of the spirit in the sense that they, it's a show and uh, calling names and uh, praying for prosperity and so on. And uh, some of the students came from Northeast India. And you know, Northeast India, uh, they have been uh, Christians for such a long time. And uh, when I teach and others teach, several of our students came from there, received Christ after they came to our Bible college. That means they were not hearing the gospel in those churches. And then I, when I began to teach, I said, I, what is salvation? How to get saved? There were students telling me in the classroom, sir, in that case, many of our church people are not saved. I was in Myanmar. One of our graduates is a girl. She told me I was supposed to be preaching in the Baptist church. And she told me, sir, you need to preach the gospel. If I tell the pastor to preach the gospel, he would be angry. But you can preach. So I presented simple gospel. So but 200 years in Myanmar, these Baptist churches are established. But I understand from our graduates, they don't preach the gospel. Many of the churches in Northeast India, they don't preach the gospel. If no preaching of the gospel, no salvation. They can be Christians, but they don't go to heaven. This I made so clear to our students. We equip them, train them, and they are willing to go do it. So that is one reason we want to train young people in our Bible college. And we do not know many of the Christians, so-called Christians in India, I don't think they are even saved. Uh, I mean, honestly, we have the same thing in the States. People who claim the name of Christ, who say they're Christians merely because they've gone to church or maybe a family member uh, was religious or, or called themselves a Christian, but they don't truly understand the gospel. And this is a problem all over the world. And so having leaders, having pastors, church planners who have good biblical doctrine, understand the word, understand the gospel to make disciples is crucial. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. And, and as far as church planning, I mean, Jesus said, go into all the world, all the nations, make disciples of all the nations. And when we make disciples, it's, it's not just, okay, now you're an individual convert, but you are, you are saved into community. God created us for community. And churches are meant to be replicating disciple makers. So when, when a, when a gospel-centered, biblical-based church is planted, then they are making disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who plant more churches, and we will see multiplication discipleship. You know, each of your ministries involve gospel declaration and proclamation, but also gospel demonstration. 
And, and I love that. I mean, Jesus did that, right? He proclaimed the gospel, but then he would uh, perform miracles and he would heal people and he would feed people. And, and so meeting people's physical needs and spiritual needs and that, that combination is so good and so strategic that we can really do locally, globally. I mean, I, I think we are called to do it, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but also his voice as well. So, you know, by the way, one of the things when I became missions pastor here at Bethel uh, three or four years ago, I learned to get really good at geography. Most Americans are not good at geography. And Abraham, you just named several countries that well, four years ago, I had, probably would have had no idea <laughs> where they are. Uh, you know, Sri Lanka, Myanmar, Bangladesh, Nepal, uh, probably India we knew. But uh, the point is, you know, Revelation 7 says that there will be people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, language, people group, gathering around the throne of Jesus, worshiping him forever. Hallelujah. So how exciting is that? That's awesome. How have you seen COVID? You know, we're in the midst of pandemic, COVID-19. How have you seen this impact the ministry, uh, both in good and bad ways? How is, how is God using this? These days are creating, um, in many, many nations around the world, there is an intensified interest in spiritual things and an intensified engagement with ministries that are sharing about Jesus and sharing about truth. You know, the upside is when we are uncomfortable, then we seek out God. And you and I have talked about the comfort coma and being fat, dumb, and happy. And there are, you know, there's a downside to being comfortable. I mean, people who are comfortable don't need God. And we know this to be true. We've experienced it, all of us, in our own lives. In our own lives. And so um, I am excited about the fact that God is on the move, even in the midst of this pandemic, when we are not able to be on the move. And, and again, there's another instance of why media is important. It's hard to go to your neighbor now and share the gospel with them, though we all need to be doing that. And particularly in Abraham's case, and in countries like where he lives, there are a lot of people who don't have access to media. And so the only way they're going to hear about Jesus is somebody comes physically to tell them. It's forced us to um, slow down um, in terms of ministry. And, and none of us who are out serving want to slow down. But I think a lot of us have felt this in our lives, that this is a time when we are forced to slow down. We're forced to take stock of what we're doing. We're forced to reevaluate our strategies and stuff like that. And I think there's actually some benefit in that. Um, I can be driven. Uh, a lot of people can. And um, sometimes God forces us to stop, to pray, to think, to reevaluate, and to create new strategies that um, we hadn't thought of before because necessity is the mother of invention. And when we need to do something and we don't have the capacity currently in our toolbox, then we go out and we find new tools. And we find new ways. And so I think God's really at work in that regard as well. Yeah, that's really good. You know, we, we may be seemingly limited by pandemics, but God is not limited by pandemics at all. In fact, he's sovereign over all, including pandemics, and he knows exactly what he's doing. This didn't catch him off guard. Missionaries are not special people. We are all ambassadors, all sent to be witnesses to the greatness of Jesus in our lives and the greatness that he can exhibit in the lives of other people. In our world today, 
the vast majority of mission resources and the vast majority of mission workers are working in places where the gospel has already been widely disseminated and the church is already strong. So, you know, the unreached people remain unreached. They don't have access to the gospel and there's nobody in their community or in their culture to bring a witness to them yet. If there are going to be people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and language at that throne, then there's a lot of people that still need to hear. The other thing that happens out there is instability. You're at risk. You need God to provide resources that you don't have. Your comfort zone is completely shattered. You know, you don't have comfort anymore. Now you're, you're trusting God. You're relating to God on a more intimate level and in a more intense way out there because you're saying, Lord, I need you, and I don't know what to do, and how do, I pre- how do I preach to these people, and how do I equip these believers, and how do I learn this language, and how do I adapt the scriptures in a way that these people will be able to understand it? How can I do this? I'm inadequate. I don't know how. I'm weak. I don't know what to do. And when you're in a place like that, when you're weak, then God is strong. When you are in need and you cry out, God answers. But if you're comfortable, there's just not much going on. So, yeah, uh, you know, God is, is doing some incredible things in this pandemic. Abraham, I want to hear from you. You know, there's a valuable role of discomfort in the Christian life. And there's a lot of discomfort right now. And then God is stripping away idols in our hearts. He's refining his church, uh, removing idolatry in his church. How have you seen in the midst of COVID where you are? How have you seen God do that, refine his church? How have you seen God use COVID? God is sovereign and he is teaching the world something. And we do not know the reason, all the reasons why all these things happened, but it reminds us we are helpless. And it reminds the people they are helpless and the resources are nothing. There are people who commit suicide in our state because they are either quarantined or they lost their jobs. More people in our state committed suicide than they died by COVID-19. So people realize money is nothing. Job is nothing. There's a point where everyone is helpless. They need God. So God is uh, saying and uh, helping us to understand God is still sovereign. He is on the throne. People, their wealth, their fame, their influence is nothing. But God gave us a responsibility, even in the midst of this pandemic, to share the gospel. God gave us the technology. God gave us the resources, use it. Why do we want to keep for ourselves? Because it's not going to help us when we die. And so this is really, really helped me to think God is more important than anything else. I learned it through the years, but I learned it afresh and I teach other people that true discipleship is forsake all that we have. It doesn't mean that we have to sell and and, uh, go on the street, but never rely on our resources, our finances, never to have an ownership of our possession. We are stewards. God gave us for, for us to use. So that is a new awakening within my soul. Of course, I knew it, then I teach it. And people really understand. 
we have been giving out grocery kits 7000 grocery kits we gave away and there were people at the verge of committing suicide there's a guy told me he's a three-wheeler he uses a three-wheeler to earn money auto rickshaw and he told i didn't have money to pay rent my kids had just rice nothing else rice provided by the government he daily earns the money but all of a sudden locked down he couldn't pay the rent couldn't buy anything else and he said i wanted to commit suicide it is at that time we went there with the grocery kits with the permission of the police and he says we were not supposed to be cared and we don't know you but you reached out to us and now i think there's a ray of hope so we shared the gospel with him so god has really used this time of pandemic in different ways pastors and believers as well as the people outside the fold and so we were able to share the gospel with such people so it has really helped but was it the best thing no this is not the best best thing we we want to be free and you know come to other meet but this is the option we have and use it for god's glory yeah that's really good uh Boy, I wanted to, I was muted, but I wanted to say preach it, Abraham. That was, <laughs> that was a sermon there. That was really good. Uh, I always get riled up when I talk to you guys. Yeah, you're exactly right. The kingdom of God marches on and he is sovereign over all this. And he, his purposes are steadfast and true. And he is enacting his will in the midst of this. And so, you know, I have seen, you, you mentioned Abraham, just despair and dependence. And we see those as bad things, but those are actually incredible things, both in the body of Christ and in the community at large with, with unbelievers who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, I, I've seen more people in despair this year than I've ever seen before, but I've also seen, as you mentioned, Ty, a willingness and openness to spiritual conversations, to prayer, to the gospel than I've ever seen in my entire life because people have just fallen to their knees. They don't know what to do. But my question for you guys is, how, how would you encourage Bethel Church to widen the view? You know, how, for individuals at Bethel, uh, what suggestions, resources would you give on how, how can we move past what we see locally, although that's a good thing, to broaden to the to global view? You know, since God created man, and since God chose Abraham, if you read your Bible, and you don't even have to read it very carefully, you can see that God has always had and still has a heart for all the nations. Every person that he has created, every nation that he has created in all of their beauty and in all of their variety and all of their just wonder, um, he loves. I mean, we know this to be true. I want all of us to reflect on the reality of the heart of God for the nations. Think about it. Think about what does it mean that he says to go, as you're going, making disciples, go to the ends of the earth. I mean, what does that mean? What does it mean when he says, every tribe, tongue, and nation will be present at the throne? How is that going to happen? You know, he has a heart for the nations. When, when he planted his church among the Jews, he brought persecution to the Jewish church in the first century, and they were scattered. Why? 
so that, as we read in Acts and in the other epistles and stuff like that, so that the gospel, the, the workers, the believers were scattered out into the earth. What is God going to do if you get out of your comfort zone? What is God going to do if you open your mind and your heart to the nations? How, how can you reach out to your, if you want to experiment with it, how can you reach out to your Muslim neighbor in Northwest Indiana? How can you reach out to your Hindu neighbor in Northwest Indiana? What do you know about Islam? What do you know about um, uh, Hinduism? What do you know about Buddhism? And how much have you stretched yourself to try and find a way to be light and salt to someone else, some other culture, even around you nearby? Now, I can tell you, and you may not believe me, but now having lived cross-culturally for 20 years in six different countries doing all kinds of different ministry, I can tell you that I love the people of the world and I do not want to come back. <laughs> I want to stay out here on the thin branches. I want to keep walking with Jesus and doing this. I want to see him do great things. I've seen him do tons of great things. And I want to see more. I want to see more people come to Jesus. I want to see more churches planted, you know, through radio stations in Nepal and through media outreach with our friends in Bangladesh in, in these places where Brother Abraham is so deeply embedded. I, I know what God is doing there. Why don't you people, when this pandemic's over, why don't you go out and check it out yourself? And meantime, why don't you open your mind and go get some books online or, or wiki pages or something and learn something about some other cultures and start to find out what God would excite your heart to do to see the nations reached with the gospel of Jesus. Abraham, how would you answer that question? How, how would you encourage American Christians to broaden their perspective to see globally what God is doing? Uh, I would say uh, Jesus in the Gospels, uh, we read over again, Jesus was moved with the compassion. He was moved with the compassion. He was compassionate to the needs of the people. I would say Bethel has, a, has great leadership. I don't have to tell them because they are well taught, but this is the only challenge I would like to give to every member in Bethel Church. Be compassionate to the needs of the people. It can be physical, material, spiritual, about their soul. Look at the need. Be sensitive to the need of people, whatever it is. Then demonstrate Christ before them. Why do I do this? Because Christ was compassionate to me. And the job I have, the resources I have, the health I have, the facility I have, it's all because of God's compassion to me. He blessed me to bless others. So just as Jesus looked at people and moved with the compassion, every Christian should be moved with the compassion. It is probably to lead them to the Lord because Jesus forgave the sins. He not only forgave the sins of the people, he was compassionate to heal the sick. So the physical need and the spiritual need were met by Jesus out of his compassion. So as God's people, we should be compassionate, not just to proclaim the gospel, we also should be moved with the compassion to their material needs or whatever needs. 
Yeah, that's that's good. You know, your what you just said reminds me of one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, which is the end of Matthew nine. It says that Jesus looked upon the people and they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he was moved with compassion. And then he he tells his followers, he says, "Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers into the harvest field. That the, the harvest is vast, it's plentiful, uh, but it's ripe, it's ready for harvest." And so. He actually says, you know, our first step is not to just go, although we are to go, but first we must pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers in the harvest field. It was, it, was, it was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure with you guys. And for our listeners, if you would like to get to know more about Ty's ministry or Abraham's ministry, I would say just please email me and I will get you connected with these guys. Uh, my email is jbryant at bethelweb.org, jbryant at bethelweb.org. And we would be happy to do with these guys. I know prayer updates periodically. Uh, they, you know, do newsletters and these kind of things to to update their prayer supporters. And so they would love to have you on their team. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are nodding their heads. Ty and Abraham say amen to that. So we would love to see that too. So get involved in what God is doing locally, globally. God is on the move in a pandemic, and He's doing incredible things. Thank you for listening, and God bless.